0: Welcome to another episode of Behind the Fourth Wall, the podcast where we review movies, TV shows, and everything else pop culture. Today, we'll be sharing our bold and maybe not so bold predictions for the 2024 Oscars. My name is Emmett, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host and the 2016 Southern Northeast Wing King champion, Ivan.
1: Six hundred wings is the record. Woo! And I
0: ate. Bone in
1: Nothing close to that. <laughs>
0: The southern-northeast part, though, what what region is that? It's the, south the, the southern. North. It's like if you go
1: south, but then you go northeast a little bit, but it's still within the south.
0: It's like where Littlefinger came from. Yeah, exactly. That. <laughs> I was born little, and I'm from a place called <laughs> the Fingers. <laughs> <laughs> how many chicken wings could you put down in one sitting? Bone in.
1: I literally just had chicken wings for lunch today.
0: So how many did you have for lunch?
1: Six. Six. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Just six peas. Yeah. Okay. It,
1: I guess it depends on the size. If what, we're talking soda like soda pop, soda pop, lemonade. Um, I got what did I have? No, I think I just had water, which is kind Whoa, of.
0: Whoa! Look at you being healthy with your chicken wings. I would drop a Dr. Pepper on it if I had one around. Okay, it was, it wasn't my choice. What's your sauce? What's your sauce flavor? Buffalo. Okay. Just hey. like regular buffalo. I feel
1: I can't do ranch. I don't know what it is, but like like ranch, well, ranch is not a
0: flavor. Ranch is a dip. Well, okay,
1: yeah, but not, you like people will dip it in, in there and like I go I, I, I go I, ranch. So I don't we know would I okay.
0: But I can what do blue cheese.
1: I was gonna ask. Okay, yeah, blue cheese. What is the fascination with blue cheese,
0: with people? I feel like it's everybody about the funk. It's the funk, the chunk, and and the cream. I guess I just has a really weird aftertaste to me. Sure. Yeah. But it, that's the that's kind of the fun part. The aftertaste. Yeah. Oh. Okay. It, it keeps going. The gift that keeps. on <laughs> <laughs> Wait. So you can max out at six wings. I can max
1: out at probably like if I were to actually commit, I think I could easily do twelve wings in one sitting.
0: I would hope so. <laughs> 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 All right, man. What about you? I've, what's your what's I your... mean I've, I've done like 24 at Buffalo Wild Wings before. God
1: damn. Where where would you put it? You're like the skinniest person I know.
0: That's I expand. <laughs> <laughs> but I if I had to pick one flavor, I think I'm just going with like a barbecue flavor. I love the, the sticky sweet Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Pause. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the, I I think uh, I think ranch goes with every flavor. Blue cheese only goes right. with certain ones.
1: Yeah, I think it's like like I don't I don't know what it is like with me and and dipping sauces. I feel like I not really partial to them. Like if the wing is great, I would just like take the wing as is.
0: Yeah, that's true. And if it if it's like a wet sauce on a wing, you don't need more. Yeah. Dipping.
1: But if you do a dry
0: rub, true. Have you ever had a Korean fried chicken before? Oh my gosh! Yes. That's the best. I've, That's the best, of the
1: best. Yeah, there's a spot just opened up. It's a couple blocks from my from my place. Uh oh. It's, it's called BBQ Chicken, and it's got mm-hmm. the absolute best fried chicken wings, like yeah. normal size fried chicken wings. And I've never had something so crispy,
0: but they double like, fry it, right?
1: Yeah, but they like filled with yeah. meat, and it, it it is spicy, but it has that little kick at the end. It's not like the mm. obnoxiously spicy type
0: flavor. Yeah. Korean fried chicken's the best.
1: I love it. Like bless the Koreans, man. They know how to <laughs> they really no but they really know All how to
0: work that chicken. All of them or you picking a you picking a side. Oh uh, so the Southern Koreans are platform. my favorite. It's the South Korea.
1: Bless, bless South Korea. <laughs> All
0: right, you, you still have your soul. See what I did there?
1: Listen, prayers to the North Korean people too, because I'm sure they're they're going through it. So
0: <laughs> Yeah, sure. You could send your prayers. All right, that's enough chicken talk. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Let's get into the news section. There's only
1: one thing on the news that I really want to talk about. Mm -hmm. I love what you've done with your hair. It's so, like, very (laughs) bold, very adventurous of you. (laughs) Going for that faux hawk look on
0: you. (laughs) What? (laughs) What? Get to the news, Ivan. Okay, All right. We'll actually, <laughs> this is an audio format. No one knows what you're talking about.
1: If they could, they would say the same thing. I'm just saying.
0: <laughs> now we got
1: trailers to talk about, which is something that we kind of failed to live up to, even though it's 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 been in our intro.
0: Well, we took um, it out of the intro, actually. But we
1: took it, that in video games
0: out. Yeah, <laughs> because we rarely talk about it either. We stopped doing it. So yeah. let's bring it back. We're talking trailers. Got a couple here. I. Did, I texted you the Bad Batch trailer before. I think we did talk about this, how I ghosted you. I don't know if we recorded that last week, but... Yeah, you, you sent this. You were You were on the ball on this.
1: I feel like I'm always dragging you to watch the animated Star Wars stuff.
0: Because, like, I
1: since like we started talking star wars when we used to work together i was like you should watch clone wars and that became like
0: (laughs) no you nerd (laughs) yeah basically (laughs) and then i watched it years later i was like dude have you ever seen this (laughs) (laughs) and then and then i'd be like dude you gotta check out rebels too i was like i know i've been watching all this stuff for like the longest time (laughs) Yeah, so you are usually on it. I mean, Bad Batch, we've been talking about a long time. That was one of our earlier shows that we were that we uh, recorded yeah. on. And season three is coming out now, which is kind of hard to believe that that's how fast time is going on this show. But I think we both had problems with season two. And, and I actually need to go back and revisit it because I paused halfway through. But season three trailer is looking pretty good.
1: Yeah, I think the, you know, we, I, I'm not, I don't remember if we were like covering episode to episode season two, but I think we tried
0: we did like a half season half season
1: yeah and i don't think we covered the back half of it though i think we just never picked it back up but i think um off the pod um i did go back to it and i i I watched the last of season two and i gotta say like the the, my you know we were talking about this right before we recorded but like my my biggest gripe with star wars animation uh, post clone wars i feel like sometimes it's slow to build but when it when it gets it right, it really gets it right. And back half of season two was phenomenal. So I'm looking forward to season three. I'm expecting the same thing to kind of happen, though. So I might just be one of those to like let it simmer for a bit, and then I'll binge it once it's fully done.
0: Yeah, my problems with, with season two, but mostly with the show, is just like it's very repetitive of we start a mission and we complete a mission within this episode. And the thing I liked about Clone Wars or Rebels was that there was arcs. So it wasn't necessarily where they were going to start and complete it in the same episode. It might have taken like two, three, or maybe four episodes. And I kind of like that because it makes mini mini series or mini movies where you could chunk it of, I'm going to binge just three or four. And then I'll, I'll pause and come back to it. Whereas this is like, you get one and it's like, well, was that enough time to watch or... And should, I, should i stop or watch another one and then it's not related so that was my only really problem with it because it felt very formulaic that was very repetitive
1: yeah and i think that that's the thing like that was the literally the first full half of, of bad batch season two was just non-stop like missions and you know yeah self-contained episodes the back half is full of these like story arcs which again i'm like i feel like you could have probably done that a bit more fairly throughout the entire season and caught everybody's attention but the big thing i i might have mentioned it the last time we talked about it but like Ventress coming back Mm -hmm. in that in the trailer for season three that definitely got people talking um yeah and it it got my attention for sure because uh there was a book that came out after clone wars was done that was based off of the, the the stuff that wasn't um fully finished and animated That was supposed to tell the end of her story so to see it in the post timeline of what of the events of that book are definitely going to be interesting i wonder like what angle they're taking here if it's like a flashback or what is it i don't know but ventress is always one of my favorite characters from from clone wars so i'm happy to actually see her story play out whether it comes to a conclusion or not or whatever but like i i want to see it continued in animation are on the screen basically
0: yeah she had a she had a really cool origin story and it wasn't like we started out with the origins we really were just like introduced to her and she was you know for lack of a better word a badass in in her introduction and then also just interesting to watch throughout so it is cool that they'll bring her back um I obviously still have you know some catching up to do so not every plot point makes sense in the trailer for me so just reviewing it based on you know how it looks it's it's got that feel of those later Clone Wars seasons, um, that uh, that really draws you in, right? It's it's so well done.
1: Yeah, and it seems like just based off of the end of the second season, they're definitely probably going to hit the ground running this time instead of having to you know slowly drag because we were left with plot points that need to be covered um That won't spoil anything for you, but you really should check out that back half. I feel
0: like you're you're definitely gonna like it. It's been out for a while. If you want to spoil, you can for the fans and ruin it for me. But go ahead.
1: <laughs> well, we're <laughs> one less member. We're one member short on the on the bad batch by the end of the season. We'll we'll, we'll put it that way. But Dude,
0: there's more. There's more stuff I, that I kind did of finish out. it. I feel like I remember somebody dying. You might have was seen the, the watch. Was it freak recap? was a freak. <laughs> I mean, they're all freaks. <laughs> well, technically, but the guy who like literally could plug into machinery.
1: Oh no, that's Echo. No, he he dips halfway through the.
0: the oh, so he didn't die. He just leaves. Yeah, he just leaves. But yeah, just that's gotta be ha- <laughs> <laughs> In
1: case you haven't, just just watch it.
0: It's gotta be the poindexer, man. <laughs> <laughs> There's only one left. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, cool. Well, Wanda Sykes is gonna be in this, so that's another reason to watch season season three, right?
1: Yeah. I also, like on the topic of Asajj wrenches. I don't think if you, I don't. Well, I'm not sure if we ever talked about it, but... <laughs> how is it on the topic. You're
0: going back to a topic.
1: The the Gendi Tartakovsky Clone Wars series. So the stuff that came out right before Revenge of the Sith came out. It's on Disney Plus. It's like five minute shorts. It's the thing that introduced Clone Wars as an animation concept to to the mainstream. Mm-hmm. It's really fun, and it shows Asajj Ventress's origin there. Um, but yeah, if, if in case anybody hasn't seen it, I would I would recommend watching it just in prep for this, because I feel like a lot of that is kind of it, it's cool to kind of see the the evolution of Star Wars and animation from then to to now.
0: Yeah, for sure. All right, other trailers. Uh, the other big one that was kind of in the past week or so was uh, another the second episode, second trailer for Last Airbender. So I know you were not big on the original movie, big on the series. Uh, I mean, as much as I joke of how much I loved the first one, I agree there were, yes, many shortcomings, like the fact that they didn't make a second one. But <laughs> <laughs> okay. but this one, I mean, is does it look that much better than the first one?
1: So, you know, I, I honestly feel like I miss the set design and, like, creative touch of the m night Shyamalan movie from a visual perspective i you know i got nothing against trying to adapt and staying as close as possible to the source material but i do think that having them look exactly like the animation makes them look like cosplayers a bit to me instead of like oh this is adapted for the screen because i thought ang's costume from the m night Shyamalan movie was a lot better than what we're seeing here um, that being said, I, I'm just more so looking forward to seeing the story itself and it it looks visually good. It just might look a little bit too much like a copy paste from the, from the series. And sometimes I feel like when you're adapting something, you probably should try to do something a little bit new with it,
0: you know? Yeah. If you want, if you go to the trailer on YouTube and look at the comments, like it it's a lot of just like, please don't be a, a, as bad as the M. Night Shyamalan. But then it's also a lot of like, well, these three characters sound like the show, but the other ones, I'm not really hearing it. And it, it's a lot of repeat comments similar to that. So I, I think you're kind of doomed if you don't get 100% perfect. So you're right. I think if you're adapting it, have some fun with it. The other thing is, like, we've seen this enough. We've we've kind of played this out. I would almost say, like, make a movie on uh, Korra's adventure. Or just make yeah. up an avatar and create something new. Like people want to see you know, airbending, earth and water bending, right? And I don't think they care necessarily that they have to see the animated series become live action.
1: Yeah, th- those those are my thoughts on it too. I feel like Korra would definitely make a great like three season show, especially just because yeah, I, also- I get
0: the the following isn't as big, but it maybe it's time to move on the other thing
1: too that kind of concerns me and i think i saw something from the producers addressing it like they're removing sozin's comment from the plot
0: is not the whole point
1: well <laughs> so that was that sparked the whole twitter thing but i i honestly i feel like it's probably for the best because of one big thing sozin's comment gave them a timeline right so like everything within season one through three and the animation happened within the scope of a year with netflix's production times and all that like just look at stranger things i i highly doubt that especially the kid that's playing ang is going to stay a kid Mm -hmm. and realistically say it's going to cover a year in that timeline so getting rid of the comet i'm pretty sure it's going to come back in season three or something but it also allows them to play with the fact that these characters are going to grow up on screen and not have Mm -hmm. to like make it awkward like the stranger things kids are in their 20s and (laughs) the last (laughs) days they were like oh no they're freshmen in high school i'm like uh (laughs) i don't buy
0: it that that kid's doing taxes yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah that's definitely a, a, a problem with uh with child actors
1: Yeah, so, like, unless you're going to commit to shooting things back to back to back, like, the Percy Jackson series is going to face that same issue, too. Like, unless they, like, renew things ASAP, like, and shoot things back to back, you're going to run into that with child actors, so.
0: Now, now this is a a dumb question that I probably should know as a co-host of a pop culture entertainment podcast, but I thought this was a movie. Is this a series? It's a series. I don't get that from the trailer. I just get movie. <laughs> they're showing the whole thing.
1: Th- they are they are showing a lot of it. Um, there are some notable like standouts to me though. Like we do see Azula in that trailer, right? I'm not like
0: mm-hmm. tripping
1: because we don't see Azula in the animation until season two. Yeah. So yeah,
0: they're showing it like as if it's part one of like the M Night Shyamalan. Like we're seeing a lot of those repeat scenes yeah I, but, that might be intentional too to be like see how different it is from the first one
1: it or probably is intentional it, it there's things that look better like i think the bending and the martial arts look better and more like better paced than this no trailer dancing it's a left one rock yeah i need dancing in the dirt <laughs> we need more stomping on the these earth bending scenes for sure Stomp the yard <laughs> But on yeah. your suggestion of having Cora live action, I would love to see the Korra. I loved that series. Chapter. Yeah, so I love the especially the last chapter with the metal bender villain. I thought oh. that was brilliant.
0: Yeah. yeah. And like bloodbending too. Like it was so creative because it it built on a world that you loved, but didn't really rely on Aang or you know any of the I mean, they, they kept them in there as yeah warriors of old, but it really allowed them to grow up. And I I think that detachment was perfectly done.
1: And I am looking forward to the next animation show from them. Because they are making a, a new one, too. An Earthbender oh, yeah. avatar. So I, I'm, I'm just glad this franchise is going. And it's not, like, dead in the water.
0: Yeah. When will Fire get their airbender? Or their avatar? Next,
1: the next one, I think, right? Because that's the cycle of it.
0: But age wise, what are we gonna be like 50 when that happens? Oh, we'll be in our 60s. <laughs> Yikes.
1: Still we'll still be hosting Avatar. this pod-
0: we'll still be hosting this podcast. I'll be like, Emmett, do you remember that time when we watched back Avatar? in my day? M Night Shyamalan was all we had. <laughs> <laughs> we had to walk in the snow to see <laughs> the
1: M Night Shyamalan movie.
0: <laughs> yeah, the long night. Uh all right, that's plenty trailer news look at us getting back to trailers
1: i know i'm so proud of us Panda back all around let's
0: do uh let's do real quick walls before we hop into some best picture talk
1: yeah i got one quick thing and i kind of wanted to and highlight i, this I love
0: that it's up there get I into li- it
1: <laughs> masters of air on apple plus or apple tv i don't know what you call it um we've been I waiting think-
0: for this one I've like
1: I've actually been looking forward to this one for, yeah. for, for a bit. Um, I'm a big fan of the World War II subgenre in war films. That's the thing that had me watching uh, World War II documentaries all day on the History Channel on the weekends as a kid. And um, this, so the show, as the first two episodes came out last week, um, it's not. I, Band I of haven't Brothers.
0: started. I haven't started, but give me give me the lowdown.
1: It's not Band of Brothers heavy, like in terms of like, oh, this is a perfect story and like a little heavy handed here and there. It's kind of like a blend of Band of Brothers meets like Red Tails meets Pearl Harbor with the action of Pearl Harbor. Um, and it's been getting some criticisms on that because it feels a little too, like I've seen a lot of reviewers saying it's Call of Duty-esque. I have absolutely no problem with that. Listen, I would watch a full-on World War II dogfight for 35 minutes and celebrate the episode just for that um but the show feels good it's well acted there's a lot of like really great uh scenes but it's it's it is kind of action-oriented fast-paced but i i would check it out i mean I've, I've been enjoying it so far again we're only two episodes in but um anytime we get girl world war ii based content i always have to tune in
0: yeah tom hanks does such a great job and then putting spielberg production in there as well yeah. it's got to be greatly like really well done uh cinematics the the issue i think i have with it and without having started it yet is band of brothers and pacific were so great and even generation kill which wasn't tom hanks but that genre were so great because it's actors that aren't big so i think it might be a little odd that like elvis is flying a plane <laughs> You know what makes
1: it a little bit odd to me is the fact that for whatever reason Austin Butler can't lose the Elvis accent for some reason. Like I thought he was just joking, but apparently, like my he, guy's been playing Elvis in every single project since Elvis.
0: He did something to his vocal cords that was permanent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he really did. But you know what I mean, though. Like, I think Dam- uh Damian Lewis was like the biggest name in, uh, or may Run. Langston in uh, Band of Brothers, but outside of them, it's like it, I think that was pre-Billion, so it wasn't even like he was Axe Rod yet. So I, that that's the only issue I think I have is like they might have cast it a little too big for for the roles.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I haven't been too bothered with it. Like I said, I think it's it's not trying to be Band of Brothers or anything like that. So I think uh, I'm not too concerned on it. So far, so good to me, but. I get where you're coming from. I, I do think it's a little weird. It's kind of like putting... Like, if you were to put Tom Hanks in a Star Wars film and not put him under any makeup or anything, it's obvious it's Tom Hanks. You just, like, you can't erase that it's Tom Hanks, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I cannot wait to start that. Do you think it's a uh, wait for it all or go week to week?
1: The wait is kind of killing me, to be honest. <laughs> but yeah. um, I I thought the first... I, I thought it was I was glad that they dropped the first two episodes because episode one was a little bit of a slow start. Um, so I don't know. It's kind of tough to tell. I think with only two episodes in, like uh, I feel like by episode three, we should have a pretty good idea of what the pacing is actually going to look like.
0: I, I feel like with Monarch, you know, Apple's most recent show that we just did, like that was kind of painful to go week to week.
1: They should do two episodes a week for a lot of these, to be honest with you. Yeah. Because I I understand wanting to drop on a weekly basis because it keeps the conversation going and you get more viewership that way, for sure. But maybe do things like we're just talking about Clone Wars doing like two or three episode arcs, like dropping stuff like that in these types of shows might be a really, really good uh, sell point for it.
0: Or like because they don't have a ton of things coming out. Why not do like a Friday and a Tuesday? And yeah, keep yourself in the conversation all week
1: it'll be a good way to compete with other streamers releasing their shows too. For sure.
0: Definitely. All right. My wall, I have the obvious Taylor Swift is up there. I mean, I don't know if you've been watching NFL playoffs, but the chiefs, Kansas city chiefs are going to the chip again, but mostly thanks to Taylor Swift. But the drama continues for the super bowl. She has a Tokyo concert the night before the super bowl. So she's going to have to be in two places at once. In order to get to vegas
1: i you know she could load up her oculus quest and just do the (laughs) the concert digitally (laughs) as she's supporting her man's on the stand there
0: i mean she's got a private jet she could get there if she wants
1: (laughs) not if she wants to be green
0: she doesn't. She was like the. <laughs> did you see that list of like the biggest offenders of yeah. uh,
1: private airplanes? <laughs> like,
0: air yeah. <laughs> who cares? The planet's ruined. Taylor Swift getting back to see Travis Kelsey's not that big of a deal. <laughs> For real. She's not I'm, flying alone either. She's bringing her whole posse. It's so a full I'm, flight. I'm not a
1: you know full on like football aficionado, but like. W- I don't get the controversy with Taylor Swift and like people not liking that she's at these games.
0: The problem is that like uh, the NFL is using it for clout and publicity, so it's not so much like oh, it's bringing in new fans. Like I don't think re- like real NFL fans care about that. That people who don't know about football are watching it just because Taylor is there. The problem is that like as soon as the Chiefs make a good play, they cut to the box that she's sitting in and she's just like clapping and it's like I, nobody needs to see that like you don't have to cut yeah. to that every play so that's the problem
1: so she's not really the issue it's it's more so like the media the
0: stations yeah yeah because they want more eyes they want more oh clip this and then post it and that's exactly what's going on so i you can't blame them because they know it's going to work but it's just annoying when you're watching a football game and it's like all right let's cut to the box <laughs> that they're sitting in <laughs> yeah
1: I, I guess i can i can see the uh, the issue with that okay cuz i was just kind of lost i was like what what exactly is is she making this about herself or like is something going on with it, but...
0: no i think she's actually like she seems like a normal fan like a pretty quiet fan it's it's really the stations that are doing it for her that's unfortunate um, but i say all that cuz it impacts the betting lines like the the Chiefs have not lost this entire year when she goes to a game. <laughs> but oh. every game that she skipped, <laughs> they've lost. <laughs> so it's like, are they is she gonna get to the Super Bowl? Because that impacts a lot of what people will bet on. So is
1: it the Chiefs versus a as of yet unnamed team, or do we know San Francisco
0: they're... 49ers? Okay.
1: The 49ers. Yeah. Okay. So it's like oh, it's two
0: powerhouse teams, so it's gonna be interesting to watch. But uh, on a because we're not a sports podcast, uh, on a entertainment note for the for the wall, I just started the Jason Momoa show on the Rome on Max. I don't know if you've seen that in their like title cards to scroll past.
1: Yeah, I've seen it.
0: It's I got mixed feelings on it. I love the like adventure spirit. Like, you know me, I love the Ewan McGregor long way around, long way down series that he did where, you know, he's just traveling the world on a bike and it's got that same energy. You can tell he's passionate about motorcycles. You can tell he's passionate about like just travel and experiences. And there's some interview based type things of like, Oh, you're an artisan of building motorcycles or building art out of motorcycles. So there's the, the, the ideal of it is cool. The plot of it is cool but the cinematics are terrible. (laughs) It's like, it's just nonstop slow motion B roll that then they, they dub in these off camera or side camera shots of like interviews or confessional type interviews. So it's just constantly someone talking to a camera and then just showing slow motion shots of him looking cool, sitting on a bike or like having a beer with friends. (laughs) It's so hard to watch.
1: So like, Zack Snyder shot this. Basically,
0: it, yeah, it's got that feeling, but it's just constant. It, like they never break away from it, and you can tell they also like didn't get enough B-roll, so that's why they made it all slow mo. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that being said, like the first one was, you know, pretty cool. So I'll, I'll still, I'll throw that on if I have like nothing else to watch.
1: That sounds like a Friday show for me. When I'm like, it's a slow work yeah.
0: day, so something in the background while I'm trying to figure out
1: my day
0: it's it's that it's that kind of vibe for sure all right let's get into some oscar talk let's talk uh i think we're just going to do best pictures today you know kind of what we're hearing as the front runners what we're you know what we would hope would win or what we're predicting is going to win and then we're probably going to do a part two about you know snubs and uh just like general conversation themes going on at the oscars
1: Oh, Oscar's a show, like the the award show. Not the
0: grouch. Not the grouch.
1: Oh, dude, I brought a Did list you of for my this? I brought a list of my favorite Oscars. I got Oscar kokoshka from Hey Arnold. I got Oscar the Grouch. <laughs> all right. Well, Oscar Myers on here too, just in case anybody's wondering. But <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right, try and make do with that. See how all you can right. work that in. I'll 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 wing the rest of this. It's okay. <laughs> All right, so maybe we start off with like what we're hearing is like the front runners, or or kind of the the top rated here. I don't know if you've done some research into it, but the stuff I'm hearing is, you know, Oppenheimer seems like it's at the very top. Holdovers yeah. is getting a lot of traction. Um, Anatomy of a Fall is also kind of moving up.
1: Well, they have the so the Golden Globes was out recently, right? And so Oppenheimer won best picture of the golden globes and typically the winner of the best of the golden globe best picture is the winner for the oscars um i say typically because it doesn't always happen like sometimes it doesn't which by the way that led me through a whole rabbit hole on tiktok about like the presidential election and tying it to that and like predicting which party (laughs) is going to win And like every time the golden globe winner and the oscar winner are the same a republican wins i'm like (laughs) Wait. Oh, <laughs> okay.
0: We gotta we gotta throw this, <laughs> and the winner is <laughs> Bobby La La and
1: Bobby's the real winner of the show. <laughs> um, uh, to be to be honest with you, I I've seen half of this list. I haven't seen all of the best picture uh, contenders, so I can't really tell.
0: But that, like you, from before you before you get into yours, that that's what you're hearing as well. Or, or are you hearing anything else on? I'm hearing Oppenheimer is going to be the one yeah
1: and from the buzz it makes sense right but like then again the best picture winner is not always the one with the biggest buzz like that's not always the way it goes it just sure. more so like whoever the high elite high class snooty people that are voting for this at the at the uh, for the oscars like it ultimately comes out to them
0: yeah you're closer to this industry than I I've never understood the criteria for making for selecting a best picture, because I, I usually will see about half of the best picture noms this year. I'm I, I think I'm on pace to see you know, probably like three quarters of them, but it's never the one I think because it, I usually will you know judge with both the heart and head of like this one I can see was shot really well, but at this one over here is like what I you know res- resonate with me or what I connected to. Like, what are they using for criteria? Because it never seems to line up with either of those things there's not really like
1: a publicly known set of like what they use for like to judge it necessarily but like from interviews from like the the members of the of you know of the academy the biggest thing is like there's three there's three big things the the amount of influence the movie has is one um the any breakthroughs and achievements is the second and then the third is like the type of conversation it sparks within the community as a whole um and again it usually comes down to like the you know the members of the uh, of the academy so it's a little bit you know not the most like diverse of thoughts um group of people so the general public you you're thinking box office right you're thinking like which one did people line up to see the most and that's not usually the case for how they end up picking um if, if that's the case like i would, i would say barbie would be the 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 straight out winner but um because of you know bearing that in mind the impact the conversation and and, and i think the overall like quality of it i think oppenheimer is in the big running just because christopher nolan is is the director he's he's got a pretty good track record i think he's kind of due for another oscar pretty soon
0: yeah well, that that sounds that that makes sense that uh, the Kind of check there. So why don't we do this? Why don't we do, you know, what you think will win, what you want to win, if it's not the same, and then maybe like, what's your bold pick if it's not kind of that Oppenheimer front runner?
1: So I think what I think is going to happen is I do think uh, Christopher Nolan will win the Oscar for Best Picture for uh, for Oppenheimer. Mm-hmm. Why? I, I think the Academy has a fixation on awarding uh directors um none of his movies have won best picture and i think that he's been on he feels like a leo dicaprio type you know where they're mm-hmm. like oh well this movie because it's your latest and it happens to be you know a bit of, like for DiCaprio was it the revenant i think that that yeah. got him that yep. um i i think that's how it's gonna go um it makes the most sense for it and given the lineup to be honest with you like none of these other movies to me besides maybe killers of the flower moon and barbie have like sparked a similar type if not equal um type of like conversation and in...
0: man i i did not listen to your advice and i saw killers of the flower moon this weekend and <laughs> i had to break it up i had to watch half of it and then go to bed and watch the rest of it the next day because like it was long, man. It felt like the Irishman, yeah. and it yeah. felt it felt exactly like it. And I, I didn't love that movie either. So I'm kind of this. That's one of those ones in this category that I'm like, I think we're just giving a nod to one of these really long movies to say, is this the direction we want to head?
1: Well, Scorsese's been like that. I think the last couple of films he's done. Yeah. And so I,
0: I think like it was great. Don't get me wrong. Like I loved it, but it's also like this could have been done in like two and a half hours.
1: I, I agree. I agree. It it feels the time that it is, and I think that's kind of a negative for any film, typically. Yeah. But like, more importantly for, for for this one, I think the subject matter was very interesting, and I'm glad I saw it, but I probably will never watch it again. <laughs> like, no. At least not willingly, you know?
0: I've never touched the Irishman again.
1: Yeah. This one, I think, is more impactful than Irishman in terms of like it stays with you more
0: than, than the sure. Irishman
1: does. Uh, but yeah, like out of this list, like to who do I want to win? Like flatly and honestly, man, I kind of want Barbie to win.
0: I know. Yeah, I think we're we're ha- we're very similar on this. Like I think it's not going to be surprising that Oppenheimer wins. And I'm, you know, I'm not going to fight it because I love that movie. I've watched it a couple times, and it it did check off those criteria that you're talking about. Like it created a buzz. However, how much of that buzz was due to Oppenheimer how much was it due to that being a big movie and coming out the same day as Barbie so it's like you can't necessarily you know detangle the two but I yeah, I think it's Oppenheimer but to me I want Barbie to win I, I just love that yeah. that's one of those heart picks but also like it's so innovative for a movie and it, that's really hard to have such an original screenplay like that for such a topic that like everyone's familiar with
1: i think if they're looking at like what weighs more the social like the social opinion like the 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 perception of the public and like what they got out of a movie or what the academy does if the academy is looking at this from a career standpoint oppenheimer is the right pick if they're looking at it from like a cultural standpoint there there is only one pick out of this list and it's barbie and I, you know, and that's the thing. Like, I thought about about this over the weekend, and thought like, am, maybe, am I overhyping this film too much or putting too much? Like, it was, it was, you know, maybe not as good as I remembered it. It is good. It's it's a very impactful film with a great, sincere message, and it doesn't at any point feel like I had a lot of fun watching it. At no point did I feel I was getting preached to. At no point did I feel I was getting heavy-handed yep. served something. Like this is the way that you send a message out into the public and i think for that it it deserves more celebration than it
0: really gets yeah yeah i i completely agree i maybe even also looking at it from a financial point it's the highest grossing movie of the year as well like it it goes hand in hand with the social commentary that you're talking about is or like the social and, and cultural impact for sure but it doubled what oppenheimer did and they came out in the same weekend so like if you're trying to say which one created the buzz in that week i I gotta say barbie probably did right
1: yeah it created like a a mixed storm of um what is it, a mixed storm a perfect storm of like some of the best marketing like oopsies (laughs) that they've done in a long time just because it came right before everything kind of shut down for the strikes looks like it was it was a perfect mix.
0: Yeah. Uh all right, so let's do bold picks. I mean, I I also want to note like note here, and we, we've said it before, but we haven't seen all of these. There's still time. We're probably gonna see a few more of these, but um I think it's kind of hard to you know guarantee any picks or anything like that because we haven't seen it, everything. Uh poor things is definitely next on my list, so I don't want to put that into like a bold prediction without having seen it, but it looks really good from the trailers and from all these like you know actors on actors conversations i've i've listened to and and podcasts interviews i've listened to but i you know what i'm hearing a lot more buzz around the holdovers and that's one movie that i really enjoyed watching i went with a couple friends that came out of it and i was surprised that they said it felt long and it it wasn't as good as they were hoping but i thought it was so many good individual performances and it it was a screenplay that i really enjoyed
1: yeah i think um the holdovers was one that kind of caught me by surprise because i i I watched it after you gave me a recommendation on it a couple pods ago um but yeah it it definitely did stay with me for, for for a bit and i thought it was a nice surprise for the year it's also a movie i didn't think i was gonna enjoy to, to be honest, like there's sometimes like some movies you see the trailer and you're like, OK, this is definitely something I could catch on to. And others are just like not really vibing with the trailer. But uh, this this one did take me for for a bit of a loop.
0: So that I, I'll make that my current bold prediction. I kind of reserve the right to say, like, I, I still want to see American fiction. I still want to see poor things. So um, those could move up. But I just don't see Killers of the Flower Moon topping everything here um I say as it probably will end up being (laughs) you know like that could be the the surprising pick there but I also think like Maestro was I I loved it I teared up it was a really good watch I think Bradley Cooper did such an amazing job with that from directing to acting but that seems like a kind of like a, a generous nod to be put in this category I don't think it's a real contender there
1: I got a real oddball pick Go for for, it. for 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 my bold pick, um, and that's one that I'm recommending to you. So I just saw this over the weekend. Uh, past lives, and uh, that's th- so okay. So <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right, talk um, me through it because so <laughs> that's a past lives, Zone of Interest, and Anatomy of a Fall feel like the ones that I probably won't end up seeing out of this list. But if you're saying possible. Talk me into it.
1: So this is—it's an oddball pick because of a big thing. Like I, I'm not big on romance movies, per se, right? Like I wouldn't normally wouldn't go out of my way to watch a romance film. Um, I did go to see this one because AMC Stubbs list. Thank you, AMC. <laughs> Got to shout them out. Um, but so it's it's about a, how do I put this? It's about two childhood besties basically that kind of like fall in love with each other uh through circumstances of life they kind of drift away from each other and so one goes one way the other one they basically drift apart um and so at some point some event happens down the line in their adulthood that brings them back together and they rekindle their relationship but they're both on separate paths so one of them is married and the other one of them is just trying to like refine themselves and it tells this very interesting and complex story of these two people who fall in love with each other and were always in love with each other but due to circumstances split and I thought it was a very interesting story from the get-go it's directed by Celine Song who is um, uh, like not not as uh, not as versed I guess or not as experienced from a filmmaking standpoint this is her first big film But she's done a lot of writing. Like she was one of the head writers for uh, *Wheel of Time*. So, like this one caught me by surprise. And it's supposedly it's like semi autobiographical, so inspired by some of the events in her life. Uh, But it it feels like a very personal story, and it's one of those movies that like makes you feel good, feel sad, and feel, you know, some like really weird sense of like. Like, you just saw an intimate story that feels very private, but you were glad you experienced it. It, it just, like, it, it did leave me with that with that feeling, and I thought that the cinematography was great, the story was amazing, it was acted really well, it just caught me by surprise. This isn't one of those movies that I thought I would pick out of a list and say, oh, this is definitely going to be the one that I latch onto, but if I, like, objectively say which one deserves it out of all these, just because of the background and the you know the steps to kind of get to that point it, it, it would be this film.
0: you know I'm a big Metacritic guy. that's got a ninety four on there, yeah, I, very impressive
1: it's it, it's one of those. you know what? like i will compare it to I think the last time we talked about oscars on on this on this pod, um we were talking about uh, Kenneth Branagh's Belfast. Mm-hmm. And I talked about how, like, i kind of related to the story just because from a personal level like the whole like leaving your home situation or like leaving loved ones back in your home country and then you know the disconnect and all that um this one kind of hit on that level too i feel like if if anyone's ever been like in love with somebody this this movie makes you feel it like this movie really does take you there so
0: it might not be for me then
1: (laughs) it definitely (laughs) is one of those films though like it, it stays with you and like it just leaves an impact. Like I'm not sure how else to kind of put it. It's just like
0: okay, it it was That's a great a, film. Hey man, you you can quit sell selling because I think I'm buying it. I think I'm yeah. gonna go see it, man. You should check it out. It's it's really good.
1: This is this took me as a big of a surprise as Iron Claw did recently,
0: mm, which, which yeah. that
1: one took me through all of the feels. Yeah, I cried into my AMC stubs
0: like <laughs> yeah i mean obviously not in the best picture talk and it shouldn't be but the the thing with iron claw was like that tear that that well up came at the last second and that was yeah. like that those movies are so tough because you walk you have to walk out of the theater having just had that experience and it's like i will sit through these credits cuz i need to reflect
1: it's your the cool down after a workout <laughs> like it really okay, it really is yeah. though
0: like it it's too much to be like okay i'm just gonna get up and walk out like i've had movies where i'm like i couldn't wait to get out but like that one i was just like i gotta sit with it
1: you know what sucks if you're sitting through those credits and the music sucks oh yeah <laughs> but you still gotta sit through it though because you do you do feel like you just got served like a heavy dinner or something
0: yeah all right. Well, I like that. I think I'm going to go see past lives. I definitely want to see poor things. Are there any left on the list for you that you still need to see that you want to see? Um,
1: anatomy of a fall is one I kind of took interest in and I want to watch because out of all of these, I've seen, I've seen Barbie Oppenheimer, Callissa the Flower Moon, The Holdovers, Maestro, past lives. I have seen poor things. Um, I haven't yeah. seen the zone of interest
0: uh thoughts on thoughts on poor things i thought it was pretty good
1: i thought it was pretty good i i don't think it i think it's a little bit too hyped
0: up okay
1: i mean um, i just
0: i'm just in a real emma stone phase oh, she's, right she's now great. especially with the curse you know
1: she's great man She like yeah. emma stone's been killing it recently actually and, most and ruffalo yeah
0: I, I think yeah. he's supposed to be really good in it right
1: she she just kind of like he, i'm used to him taking these kinds of like like heavy rolls and stuff. But Emma Stone, like seeing her breathe life into a character that normally I wouldn't be like, oh, yeah, that's that's definitely the Emma Stone type um, yeah. is definitely a very interesting uh, feat. Is she nominated for for Best Actress?
0: On, you know, I don't know. Let own. me look it up. While, uh, have you have you seen American fiction? I haven't seen American fiction.
1: Um, I haven't seen the Zone of Interest either. Um, But and. I, 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 I'm not sure if I'm if I'm like pining for either of those two films to to kind of add to my watch list. Uh, although inevitably, I just because I feel like I probably will one of these Fridays where I'm like uh, you know after work I got nothing else to do I probably will <laughs> tune into at least yeah. one of them.
0: Yeah, uh, Emma Stone is up for best actress.
1: Okay, that's good because she she definitely does deserve it for that.
0: I could also see Carrie Mulligan getting it for Maestro. Yeah,
1: that's a good one too.
0: I feel like Lily G- Gladstone and Killers of the Flower Moon. Like, I loved her in it, but I don't think she had enough time. Which is funny because it's like it's a three and a half hour movie. But yeah. She spent a lot of it just sick in bed. <laughs> I don't think they gave her the space for it
1: too. Right. So that's that's the thing. And again, like it's just nothing against her. It's just I feel like it's more a critique of the film than yeah. anything.
0: Yeah, for sure. All right. So while we wrap it up there with uh, that's best picture talk. Next week we're gonna just get into probably pick and choose a couple of those categories uh, in the in the nominations, and then just talk themes and and trends and whatnot
1: yeah we'll we'll get a chance to dissect um josh peck's nomination for best supporting actor on oppenheimer i thought i thought he he really brought his a-game to those three
0: lines <laughs> yeah for sure all right let's get out of here
1: and that's a wrap for another episode of behind the fourth wall thanks for joining us as we delved into the world of entertainment if you've enjoyed the conversation don't forget to subscribe rate and leave
0: a review on your favorite podcast platform for any thoughts suggestions or if you just want to reach out drop us an email at behind the wall podcast at gmail.com we love hearing from our listeners stay tuned for more behind the scenes insights laughs and perhaps a few surprises on the next episode
1: until then this is ivan and this is Emmett. signing off